Cal and UW meet once a year just to like beat the piss out of each other. No trophies, no medals. It's just, I want the shirt off your back. You know, we're here and we deserve to be here. And this is the problem with our sport. I'm Alex Del Sordo, and this is another Coaches Yelling, and this is number 17, and this is a hell of a hell of an episode. We, I have four men that have been coaching college and just coaching in general, in some cases for decades, and we're going to be talking about what's going to happen next. What should we do next? What changes as a rowing population should we make? And then there's a third and final question that I'm going to shake these guys up. But I'm going to get right into it, okay? My intros, it's always the same. We have Brian Conley. Now, this guy, I've known him for a while. He's the head coach of Lehigh, nine years. He had a stint at Dartmouth, um, Lower Marion High School. He is a prep guy, and that's strike one because I'm a mainland guy, and we just don't like prep guys. But, Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, you know, I won't hold it against you that you went to mainland and you lost to us a bunch, but that's okay. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, here to – here to see what what other guys have to say and make sure that they're wrong and what they have to say and you know and see what happens you know I'm here to win you you bring the heat you know exactly what to do with these episodes you win my heart and you win the episode that's how it is okay i love it next up uh another guy that i've known for gosh i don't know 10 plus years um manhattan college head coach alex canale started st peter's Rep, I believe it is in New Jersey back in 2009. Rode for Loyola, one of the founding members of Finish Line. Dan Reardon rode with Dan Reardon back in the day. Alex Canale, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Alex, uh, great to be here. Um, really excited, uh, as Brian said, to see what everybody else had to say. Uh, we've been without competition for so long. Uh, definitely excited to, to beat everybody else out on the call. So uh, thanks for having me. Hey, good luck. And you know, we share a name, so point to you already. Uh, but next up, now this guy, he's been around rowing for a long time. Okay, let's just, I'm just gonna put it out there right now. He is the old man of the group, but rode for, or was at GW, like me, point to him, all right, back in 1992. University of Tulsa head coach for God knows, I think 19 years. Had a stint at Mills College, Mount Holyoke, K-State, the guy just knows how to win and knows how to coach rowing. Kevin Kevin Harris, welcome to the show. It's good to see you guys. Uh, yeah, coming to you from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, but originally a Mid-Atlantic guy, rode at T.C. Williams, so we beat all y'all. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you know, he's got us there, man. Back in those days, they took it. Kevin, thank you for being here today. Um, last up, I had to ask him, how the hell do I say his last name? I'm still going to butcher it. Okay, he said, I can call him Hodge, so we're already on a first name basis. Habibovich, head coach of Oklahoma City University, a coxswain, Chicago native. Uh, this guy's a dad, dad, male, uh, dad male gold uh, medalist and just knows how to row, knows how to cox a boat, and knows how to coach a, coach a team. Hodge, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Alex. Uh, I'm only going to take a little bit of offense to saying there's decades of experience in here. I think I'm a spring chicken compared to these guys. You know, I've got hair. They don't, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. So thanks oh, for having I'm glad me. glad you're here. 
And thank you. Now, we're going to go right with Brian. So listen, for all those, you're all new to the show. So you have a minute and a half to answer my question, okay? And it's a hard minute and a half, guys. If you start babbling on and on, I am going to cut you off. If you agree or disagree with anything these people have to say, the viewers out here, the listeners out there, give us your feedback. We want to make this a better program. We all mean well. We want the sport to grow. We are all here to make this a better environment for the athletes, for the high school kids, the, co the college kids, and for just rowers out there. So Brian, I'm gonna get my clock started. My question is, what is wrong with college rowing? And what can you do to fix it? You're on the clock. There's a lot of things that are wrong with college rowing. Um, I mean, just even the overall perspective that we look at college rowing. You know, we're looking at the idea that we're the equivalency to football. Like, no, we're a college varsity sport. Like, we should be acting and saying to that effect that, you know, we're here and we deserve to be here for number one. Two, you know, we're also looking at an issue of, you know, parity within conferences. You know, you've got some conferences that, you know, they've got 20 scholarships and then at the other end of the spectrum, they got none. Like, how are you supposed to have something that's competitive when you don't have parity within a conference, much less the NCAA at, the all, at all levels? Visibility and spectatorship sort of is not a great sort of scenario, okay? Nobody knows who our athletes are, okay? We need to do better than, with that as well, you know? So at the end of the day, like, we've got to do way better in terms of publicizing who we are, what we're about, you know, who our athletes are and who the stars are. Why? Because that's going to get us more people involved in the sport and more wanting to like know who our sport is, you know, and it's going to make the administrations at the college level want to actually like be a part of our sport. There's a lot of administrations, administrators that don't know anything about our sport. And so a lot of coaches spend a lot of time just educating like the administration what we're about as opposed to like just being a number system for, for those kind man. I, look, bringing the heat already. I love your answer. It you know, there is a lot that's wrong with college rowing. I'm a college rower. I rowed for four years and you're not wrong, Brian, but there's this thing like, where do you prioritize your time? And we're going to get into that right. in the coaches yelling aspect, Alex, bringing you on, you've been coaching. You've, you, you were a college athlete like these guys. What is wrong with college rowing? How do we fix it? You're on the clock. All right. Um, I love uh, what Brian said about uh, increasing spectatorship. I think uh, that's, that's a real important uh, aspect of, um, you know, not justifying, but making our sport uh, more public. And everybody always talks about, you know, we're on the chopping block, we're this, we're that, like we're an Olympic sport. Uh, to get spectatorship up is, uh, is really the only way I see to fix that. Um, but the other thing is, as part of that same conversation, we're an Olympic sport. Uh, we're the only uh, Olympic sport whose college championship doesn't match the Olympic events. Um, track and field, swimming, um, <clears throat> you know, all of those events at national championships mimic Olympic events. And we only have one event uh, at the college championship that mimics an Olympic event, and that's the varsity eight. Uh, there's no quad, there's no pair, there's no double, uh, there's no straight four. Um, so, you know, if we're going to hold on to this Olympic sport designation uh, and um, diversify rowing, make it more available to more of our athletes, we've got to, we've got to, you know, walk the walk. Um, 
you know, Alex, I love your, your Olympic reference. That, that, that is something I've never even comprehended or thought about, right? But I want to know, and you're going to have time at Coaches Yelling if you make it, is I want to know how you increase viewership, right? Great. Okay, we need to increase viewership. How the hell are we going to do it? I stole nine seconds from you. Time's up. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. Now, moving on. Great job, by the way. Kevin Harris, uh, you've been doing this a long time, okay? You have all levels of perspective. I cannot wait to hear what you have to say. What's wrong with college rowing? How do you fix it? You're on the clock. Yeah, well, the crazy thing is I don't disagree with uh, Brian or Alex. I mean, I got three things. And the first is that this sport is boring. I love this sport more than anything. But, I mean, being a spectator in rowing is a lot like watching paint dry for the first 1,000 meters of the race. <laughs> the second piece is – uh, our structure is not good. I mean, what Alex just said is exactly right. Why are we still maintaining a structure that's based on mid 20th century Ivy League rowing when that doesn't actually match anything that we do otherwise in anywhere else in the sport from the junior level to the masters to what we're doing at Worlds? And then the last piece is our sport doesn't look like America. I mean, our, our, our piece here is that we're not gonna have more viewership if people can't relate to what we're doing in Rome. And that's what I have to say. Mm. Wow, so you just, you got 30 seconds. If you just wanna talk about life, I'm here for you, man. But like, that was, a, you, you, to the point. Now the problem with, with getting to the point is you get a powerful three or four, you get powerful four points, but you don't get more than that because you had plenty of time to talk. But I like what you have to say. Um, it's this, it's, I hate to use this phrase, but this good old boys mentality, like we're still rowing as if it was the 1920s or the eight, late 1800s. We're still following those rules and we should be changing with the times, just like baseball has changed, football has changed. We should change. All right, Hodge, I'm stealing your thunder. Hodge, closing it off here. What is wrong with college rowing? How do we fix it? You're on the clock. Yeah, got to go back to uh, the old age. All these guys said what was wrong with it, but no one said how are we going to change it. So uh, I got to, you know, refresh them on the question first. Um, I think I really liked what Kevin said about structure. Um, I think structure is huge. I think the NCAA, the fact that it's always two eights and a four, you know, it's a clear format, I think is huge. Um, the one thing I hate about the IRA is there's like 20 national champions. It's like the 1B, the 2B, the lightweight straight four, lightweight Cox four. It's like Navy won the lightweight straight four. Who cares? Who cares? So I think there needs to be more structure in men's rowing. I think uh, the fact that like if, if they say it's the varsity eight, which a lot of people assume it is, but it needs to be said, like you need to prioritize the varsity eight. When a lot of these small programs like my own, we can hop into the four and be competitive, but we get smoked in the eight. So I think there's a lot of hiding in, on the men's side. Um, so I think structure is a really big one. Um, and I think that can go for women or men. But I think, you know, when we talk about um, publicity, there needs to be more storylines. We need to celebritize the athletes. There also needs to be trash talk. It's so soft. The whole community is soft. The sport is soft. Um, you know, Cal and UW hate each other. But like, we look at Brian, who, who does Lehigh hate? Lafayette? Like, do you really talk about them a lot? Do you hate them? It's just, it's too, it's too soft. So I think there needs to be, you know, a little more smack talk. Time. Man, God, Hodge, I love that. You know, there's this thing, and, I, and you clearly have watched these episodes because you, you struck it right here for me. There isn't trash talking. You, the, the, the five of us, the four of us here could sit down and talk about 
what are the biggest storylines in men's basketball, in women's basketball? We could talk about men's football, who the rivalries are. We don't have that in our sport. And rivalries, although they may be fake in some ways or the athletes don't care too much about them, it's what the audience loves and feeds off of. And that gains attention, more exposure, and hopefully grows that sport. Now, we're going to get into the next question. Hodge, you're right back up again. Um, all of us in rowing right now, but also in the world, we have no idea what's going to happen with COVID-19. We don't know if we're going back on the water. Every rower we talk to just says the same thing, like, I don't know what's going to happen. And Hodge, if you were in charge, like total charge, okay? You said, this is what we're going to do effective August 15th for college and high school rowing. What would that be? What would that look like? You're on the clock. Uh, I'm going to preface this with it's what we know about COVID as of today. I think this could change in two weeks. This could change in a month. So I'd like to preface it first. Um, I thought about this a lot. And I think if I was in charge um, and we want fall rowing to happen, um, first of all, it's got to be on a volunteer basis. If teams want to compete, they can compete. Um, I think what I would do is make the Charles the championship fall race. Um, the other regattas can get canceled. I don't care about anything else, but let's have some championship race in the fall. And I think we can preface that by making some sort of qualifiers. You know, if we want it to be head of the hooch, head of the American, head of the Schuylkill, so we cover the whole nation, those can be qualifiers for the Charles. It can be like top three in each event. And then we limit participation. At the Charles, no spectators. Stream everything so it's safer for the athletes. If we need to stagger arrival times, great. So we don't have people hanging out at the venue. Like if you know you're launching an hour before your race, you need to show up 30 minutes before you launch. Just stagger it so there's less people there. Um, wear masks around the venue until you get in the boat. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of, you know, health things that you can preface this with. But I, I think there needs to be a regatta. I think people want to race. And I think it needs to be on a voluntary basis. And you can obviously take all these protocols but I really want to see something happen. And I would prefer that to be the Charles with some sort of qualifiers to get there. Holy cow, man, that's the best perspective I've heard. Uh, it, it's always hard in coaches yelling to follow the, the, first, the first person to go. Um, Kevin, you're right back on, 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 the, on the platform here. If you were in charge, what do you do day one for college and high school rowing in the COVID-19 environment? You're on the clock. Yeah, I got to be honest, you know, I always fall toward the athletes and I say shut it down. Uh, I don't I don't think that we have a lot of options, especially, you know, we live uh, in a part of the country where we haven't handled it very well, to be quite frank. Uh, you know, we have infections raging all around us here in Oklahoma. You know, I know Hodge has got that OCU money, so he's going to take his whole team out to head of the Charles. But, you know, our university is suffering budget cuts and, you know, things that everybody is kind of having to go through. And I think it makes a lot more sense to, one, make sure that the student athletes or all of the athletes are safe. Um, the idea of standing with 100,000 people, 200,000 people in right now uh, makes me a little nervous <laughs> in terms of trying to take my student athletes out there. You can't and, stop attendance. You can't stop people from going to the Charles. You can't. It's not possible. I see what you're saying. I get that point. Do you want to, do you want to keep going? You have 30 more seconds. I'm sorry. No, no, no I'm, I'm good. I mean, it's, it's about the athletes. I think we, we keep them at home, we train them, and we get them ready for what is hopefully a more normal spring. 
Wow. Okay. I, I am excited for coaches yelling because we already have a for and against already. I can't wait to see these guys battle. Next up, uh, Alex Canale. Alex, you are in a part of the country that was hit so hard with COVID-19. I mean, it's crazy. You are in, you are in the New Jersey, New York border. Um, having coached high school and college, tell me, what would you do if you were in charge? You're on the clock. Yeah, so we're in a real uh, unique situation uh, where we live in one state and practice in another. Um, so, uh, you know, I definitely plan to be supportive of whatever my uh, administration and, and local governments uh, say. Um, so no matter what I say here, like after those rules come down, like we're on board for uh, protecting the safety of the athletes. But if kids are on campus um, and we get to go ahead to race, I think it's important to uh, – to create racing scenarios that are as safe as possible. Um, and, uh, and we've thought about that with our summer, with our summer session um, at the local club. Um, you know, kids who are living together should be rowing together. Uh, they're already quarantined together. So let's bring on the small boats. Let's ramp it up. Um, and, you know, contrary to what I said before, let's lower the viewership. Let's make it more boring. Uh, stagger start times, uh, you know, instead of 15 seconds between people in a head race, like make it a minute, make it 10 minutes, make it 20. Um, get the timing systems out there, get the drones out there, like get people excited to compete again and to watch people compete. Um, you know, a couple of my fastest athletes live together, like let them row four, let it be a straight four, let it be a Cox four. Um, if we're given the go ahead to compete, let's make competition available. Um, people need something to look forward to. Their mental health is just as important as their physical health. And if we're mothballed, then yeah, let's practice and let's, let's get excited about a more normal spring. Um, Time. You know, it's funny. I, 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 you have to appreciate, I'm going to air quotes the old man here. The old man here at, at the table is saying, guys, be patient. It's going to go away. We don't need to row right now. And us young bucks are like, we got to row right now. We need to race right now. And, and I get it. You know, I get it. He's, he's, he's seen it all or damn near. Now, last up, I'm going to tell you right now, Brian, all you have to do is score one point to advance. You Easy. and Alex are I tied. So listen, if you're in charge, what do you do? You're on the clock. So first off, we, this is an opportunity for us to do something completely different in rowing, okay? Because it's, it's a pandemic. We've never experienced it. Why aren't we exploring getting rid of head racing and going to like shorter distances right now and sort of like allowing ourselves just that opportunity to see what it's like, okay? And that's going to allow us to be able to stream things more regularly, which is going to go back to my other points of being able to popularize, popularize our sport, okay? So you can connect things here and there, but I think at the end of the day, like if we're going to fight this COVID thing as, as a sport, you've got to look out for the athletes like Kevin was saying, okay? And so you've got to have testing in place if you're actually going to sort of like move forward with competition, okay? And if we don't have testing – it makes it really hard to keep the athletes safe because in the college world, you know, they're, they're in the environment of everybody else. And so you, you got to keep everybody protected in that regard. Okay. You got to have the athletes also living together. Okay. Ideally staying within majors. If, if they're on the college level, high school, you know, ideally they're, they're only staying with, with the people that they go to school with. Um, those are sort of the, just the, the simple ways. And at the end of the day, we've got a row for the mental health of the athletes too. I think that's something we all always are overlooking is like, there's a mental health aspect to this of getting athletes just out there doing stuff that they haven't been able to do in a very long time and they're lost and their depre depression levels are rising because of it too. 
Time. Yeah. I mean, look, guys, let's, let's face it. If you all lost your, your senior year of rowing or you lost that one, you're like, you wouldn't be here today. I'm telling you right now, if I didn't row at mainland, Brian, and I didn't beat prep that year, Brian, not me. I would not you, but I would not be here today. And that's a good point. So there has to be a hybrid. Now, listen, when we get back from word from our sponsors, we're going to get into the coaches yelling and Brian, you smoked it. Alex, you're out. We're moving on with Hodge, Brian, and Kevin. More from us uh, here after our sponsor. We are back, and as I already said in the uh, before the commercial break, Alex is gone. So there's only one Alex left, and I can't win the damn thing. So damn it! But we got Hodge, Brian, and Kevin back on right here. We're going five to ten minutes now. This is the coaches yelling aspect. Okay, I hope there is some yelling based on the responses. There, are, there is some 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 I, people disagree and agree here. So guys, we're going to get right into this. I'm going to get my clock started. We are gonna really talk more about how do we fix college rowing and what can we do? You all have great perspectives. The way this is going, when I hit go, it's anyone's game. Jump in, start chiming in. If you start talking too much, I'm gonna mute you for 10 seconds and bring it back. In three, two, one, clock is on. Let's go, guys. All right, I'm hopping in, I'm hopping in. So going back to my structure point, uh, Alex Canale, too bad he's gone, but you know he did bring up that we don't mirror the Olympic racing. Um, that all falls back on structure. Like, we're not racing all these crazy events at the Olympics and, like, the NCAAs and IRAs. Um, there's no, like, there's no definitive race. It's not like we're racing the eight. Or if, if we even want to make the Collegiate National Championships all the Olympic events, great. Like, that's fine. There just needs to be some structure and some, like, hard guidance to get all this going. Because right now, it's, you can enter whatever you want and you can be a 2V national champion but that's, that's not a real national champion in my eyes. Yeah, at the end of the day, like, we shouldn't be having, like, all these different national champions. Like, you're not the – if you're the winner of the 2V, unfortunately, you're not the best in the country. You're not a national champion, at least not in my world, okay, simply because, you know, you're not the best even on your team. So how can you say that? Like, we should be going to an overall team sort of aspect. But, I, you know, mirroring the Olympics – I, I don't I don't know if we necessarily have to do that. At the same point, you know, the NCAA has a structure already sort of in place. Like these are the three boats that we have, so they have a structure. The IRA, on the other hand, you know, it's it's a lot of different boats, uh, a lot of different boat classes. Why do we have that? Okay, at least at the at the bare level of the national body, like we should be mirroring men and women's programs, what no matter what those are. And, and, and if we're going to change events, then change distances. Don't change the actual, like, you know, boat classes. Um, at least that's my opinion. I'm going to jump in and say, you know, I, I agree with, with following the Olympic world rowing structure for the very simple reason that every other racing that we do basically follows that. And if we're going to try and get people interested in it, and we talked about having our – you know, when you think about college basketball, you follow college basketball for the competition, the rivalries, but also for the people who are going to move on. Like when you start looking at the stars that are in those those basketball teams, okay, well, we should be doing the same thing in rowing, right? If we have someone from, you know, 
wherever, Drexel, who's going to be just killing it in the single, then we should be promoting that young man or young woman to be the next U.S. single scholar who's going to go and go to the, you know, our Super Bowl, the Olympics, and, and win. I mean, that's... I'm not disagreeing with you, Kevin. Like, the problem comes in with, with our sport is that it's so expensive to be able to fund all of that for any one team. And so, like, if, if we're going to have some structure to it, then we've got to also look at how do we make things cheaper for everybody to be able to actually sort of do that. Like right now, equipment is so expensive that to be able to have that amount of equipment in a boathouse is not really, you know, feasible for a lot of teams to be able to do that. I don't I know. We'll see I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think you need, you don't, you don't need that much equipment. Like teams right now, college teams, like Texas does a really good job of doing all those hype videos. I'm like, you dub, yeah, like they've got a that's the start. That's the start. Yeah. But like, even you, you could promote your star athlete on your team. Like I know, like I have a, a freshman stud from Serbia who, who I think will potentially go to the Olympics, but like, he's a small program, but like we can still promote him on social media. Like, those are the first steps. That's how you get storylines. Like, I think that's where it has to start. But then we also have to do the bigger storylines. Like if Clark Dean is stroking the Harvard eight and he's going against some German who he beat at junior worlds, who's stroking the UW eight, like that's the stuff that we need to, we need to build off of. There needs to be trash talk. They need to hate each other. And that's just going to bring in like, like the whole, like the guy side, taking shirts, betting shirts. That's yeah, great. Absolutely. I love that, that is great. Like Cal and UW meet once a year just to like beat the piss out of each other. No trophies, no medals. It's just, I want the shirt off your back because I hate you. Like they really hate each other. And so like, I just think if we just bring more animosity into the sport, which is a weird thing to say, I think we're just going to have so much more spectatorship. Let me, let me bring this question into it. How do we as a governing body define the best boat? Do we define the best boat as the eight, the pair, the single, the four, like, I think we have to define what makes a national champion and work backwards from there. Right. Does that make sense? I think that whether you're talking team or not, right. Because, right. you know, and, and this is the problem with our sport is that truthfully we are more like track and field or swimming yeah. than we are anything else. So if you're defining a national championship with one event, that doesn't really work. Right. I mean, you, you can say that you have a national champion in that event, but if we're truly a team sport, then there needs to be more than one event. I think if you're, whatever it is, it has to be defined. Like that's the first step. I don't care if it's the eight. I don't care if it's the four. I don't care if it's a single. Someone like there just needs to be a definition of like, this is a priority event and everyone should race their top athletes here. I think where it gets tricky is, you know, the whole premise of rowing is like, we want more people in the sport. We want more kids, more athletes. So you, you automatically go to bigger boats. At the junior level, like a lot of clubs row eights because they can get more kids on the water. So if you're going from like bottom to top um, and you're thinking about like progression, I think you have to pick the eight because it has the most athletes involved. And we want to grow the sport. We want to grow spectators. We want more people in the boat. So I would say the eight. But, you know, if someone told me it was a single, sure, I'm going to race a single. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you on that because – you know, the reality is, I mean, if you look at, for instance, going back to that track analogy, you know, people really get into when they see the NCAA championships. And of course, you know, Oregon is going to bring all of their Nike, you know, glory to those NCAA championships. But then you see the kid from Lehigh who's in there, you know, finishing. Why you got to throw me under the bus? <laughs> <laughs> that, 
<laughs> right? I mean, yeah. that you see that Lehigh symbol running with the top people from Oregon or LSU or something like that, that's bringing something to the table. And my point is, you know, you know, Haj, you're not going to be able to take an eight necessarily and go against Washington, but you might have a pair, right? Serbians are great in the pair, my, is my recollection, right? You might be able to get something done with that yeah. level, and I think that that is what grows the sport. Yeah, I think I think traditions get in, get in our way a lot of the times, and this might be one of them where all we ever sort of think about is is the eight is the American boat, and so I I I'm agreeing with you guys like we need to diversify like even what we're racing, you know, at the national level just so that we can get more participation with the smaller crews, like to be able to fight against like the bigger, bigger guys, you know, I rode lightweight, don't look like it anymore. I know that, you know, <laughs> but I love beating up on like the bigger guys when I race. Right there with you, Brian. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, you know, I'm like 60 pounds away from lightweight, but at the same point, like that, those were some of my best memories of racing heavyweight crews and, you know, being out of my sort of like comfort circle to be able to race that. And so, Creating different events that way, I think, is is our way to sort of do that. But defining who the national championship is, national champion is, whether it's a team or a boat, has to be defined at the end of the day. And I agree with both of you guys on that. You know, that that's something we are lacking definitely in our sport. I get the competition standpoint and, like, being more inclusive. But, like, Kevin, even if I ask you, at Tulsa five, ten years ago, it was predominantly a lightweight program, correct? No. We had lightweights as an aspect, but it wasn't predominantly lightweight. More competitive in the lightweight field, yes? No, about the same. Mm, okay, Ooh. well, I'm, no, all, right, well all right, all right, all right. <laughs> but I would say I remember a lot more of Tulsa lightweight rowing five, ten years ago, and now it's a lot more competitive on the heavyweight side. I think it's a progression. You know, I think even if you start in the smaller boats to be competitive with the bigger programs, Hopefully that brings in more athletes, better athletes, and then you can start competing in the bigger boats with the bigger programs. Yeah, I think it's I all just part of the building process. Our yeah. lightweights are just great rowers, and our lightweights have always been in the big boats. So they actually were rowing in both. But we've also not, got a problem of, like, so many races call themselves a national champion. You know, yeah. we've got the IRA. We've got the NCAA. We've got the ACRA. We've got U.S. rowing. We've got uh, Dadville at one point were calling themselves the national champion. Like – there are just too many regattas that call themselves the national champion. Like at what point are we going to consolidate and say, this is our national championship regatta. And I think, I think if we start there, then we can start talking about events and things like that. I think, I think the event itself has to be defined too. Structure, structure I, all day. Yeah. I mean, the national the football has done a really good job of creating bowl games and then a national championship. And there's, that's a structure that we could probably follow and take right. and adopt. Um, you can look at basketball and you have the, the, the tournament, you have two tournaments, right? Running, running, running simultaneously, the top 64 and the bottom 64. Um, guys, I want you to think about this. If, and I don't want an answer cause we're going to get into a commercial uh, cause I'm going to get to the final round here is if we were to adopt more sculling events at the collegiate level, do we have the coaching and the ability to coach those athletes well at a high level sculling? Because I know a lot of coaches that just don't know a lot about sculling that are primarily sweep coaches. So then you have a whole mess of problems of trying to be good at something. You don't want to injure your athletes. You don't want to uneducate them and, and, and make it harder. So think about that. Um, but when we get back from a commercial break, we're going to get into the third and final question and declare a winner 
of Coaches Yelling episode 17. More, more soon. We're back. Uh, these guys do a really great job. They obviously have watched episodes of Coaches Yelling, and they know a lot about rowing. And listen, for those watching at this point, you're 25, 30 minutes into the episode, you love talk about rowing. We could talk about it all day long. And I love that we all agreed and disagree with one another, and it's still a friendly environment. But now we're getting into the final, and this is how it's going to be, guys. I'm going to ask you one question. And I'm looking for the best response. You have a minute to answer this, okay? And this is, I'm gonna, I'm only ask it one time, okay? So listen up and we're gonna go Hodge, Kevin, Brian, okay? Because Brian was lucky enough to go first last time. So it's gonna go Hodge, Kevin, Brian, all right? And here's the question. We talk about growth in our sport. How do we expand our sport to include more women and people of color into head coaching roles and roles of decision-making. Hodge, you're on the clock. Um, you get rid of the like old boy mentality. Um, our sport is historically a white wealthy sport. Um, I think today's generation, you know, people my age, maybe not these old dogs in here as well, but you know, the young chickens like me, the young bucks, um, I think it's a lot more accepting. I think administrations are going to start turning over. Um, I think we're going to see, I, I just think it's going to be exponential. The more women that we see in the sport, the more women that we see in head co coach positions, the more people of color. I just think it's, there's a tie turning right now. And I think it's going to happen naturally. I think, you know, especially with today's day and age, um, the movement that's happening right now, I think that's all promoting this movement and it's going to nudge it along but I really think it's going to happen pretty naturally um, in the coming years and months. Um, but I just think, you know, this generation is a lot more accepting and I'd be really shocked if there aren't more successful women and people of color Tom. moving onto the sport. So, wow. You know, Hodge, it, it's so funny getting different perspectives, right? Like I, I'm excited to hear what the older men have to say because they've, 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 they've been through things. Um, but your, your answer very clear. So just, I know is, is, we got to get rid of the old boy mentality and let it happen naturally. Cause you say that the wave of change is happening. You think it's going to be exponential. If, if that's, if you give me a thumbs up, if that's your answer. Yeah. Okay. Kevin, you know, the end, you know, the question you're on the clock. Yeah. I'd say that this is a pretty near and dear to my heart question. Uh, obviously for obvious reasons, uh, Hodge, uh, the youth are our future clearly. Uh, cause you know, he's putting it out there exactly in a way that it needs to be said, but I would go a step further in that change is always intentional, right? It, it's very rarely that change simply happens because if that were true, then, you know, a lot of the things that we're seeing in our world right now wouldn't be happening because, you know, as, as Thurgood Marshall said, well, you want us to go slow with this, uh, isn't a hundred years enough. I mean, you know, how long do we have to wait? And the reality is that we as head coaches, especially have to, as you know, has been said, we have to educate our administrators. Our administrators also have to be intentional about this in the sense that they have to be looking for people to hire. You know, I don't know 
you know, a, a, an athletic director will tell you that they have a list of football head coaches that they want to learn. Kevin, at. stop. I'm so sorry. I had to stop you. Um, I got to give an equal chance for everybody here. Um, you know, change is intentional. Okay, so your answer is, to, to, to narrow it down, I want to make sure that I got, got this right. We as head coaches need to educate our administrators to understand the situation and the environment for them to then make the change. Is that an accurate statement? Is that your answer? Yeah, I'll go there. Okay. Uh, Brian, and I want to point this out. It's not just people of color, Kevin. It's women too. We've been, I've interviewed hundreds of people since January. And I got to tell you, women in our sport, clearly as we have five men here today, are, is, mis, is unrepresented. We've had women come to us at 21 years old say, I want this to be my profession, but I have no idea how to do it. Can you please help me? And I mean, our hearts break because they don't know what to do. But a 21-year-old man in our sport sure as hell knows what to do and where to go and has examples of how to be successful. And we, we don't have Mike Gennaro here today, but he has one of the best coaches in the history of his sport with him all day long. And we don't see a whole lot of women at that level. Brian, sorry, I'm off my soapbox here. Brian, you know the question. You have one minute, you're on the clock. Yeah, I, th I think all these guys are right with, with what they're saying. I think what we have control of is a commitment to our own process of, of hiring um, athletes and, and even people, co coaches that we want. So, you know, for us, it's, it's a matter of, you know, recruiting athletes that, that sort of fit that, that demographic and then developing them to the point where, you know, you can identify them to say, hey, like, I want you to, like, come on to my staff and invite them on. I think the invitation is huge. Mm. It goes a long way with a lot of a lot of athletes that I don't think we as coaches do enough of. I think it's the recruitment, you know, all the way down from being an athlete at the, at the youth level, okay, developing, and then at the same point, like the, that invitation becomes a huge piece. I think the other piece too, like everybody's been saying, is educating our, our administrators. But you know, they're going to do what they what they're going to do. And so I, I do think there's, there's a limit to what you can do there, but I think what we Time. have control. Okay. All right. All right. So I just want to make this clear so that I, I heard you right. Cause I don't, I want to make sure I listened. You're saying that we have to identify and invite the people, which means women, people of color yeah. to the stage. And it's up to us as coaches or as leaders to, to cultivate and grow that younger audience or the, the younger population up and then change happens. Is that okay? All right, guys, what a way to close out an episode. I mean, come on. I, I had a blast doing this. I learned a lot about you guys, but I got to declare a winner and uh, change is intentional. And you, you need, it's up to us to go to the people of decision makers to say, this needs to happen. This needs to change and educate them. Hodge, I love what you said about the natural flow of things, but I think we, someone, especially in your position as a head coach, you need to be intentional about it. You need to go to somebody and say, make the change. Brian, I love what you say about recruiting and about bringing up that, uh, that, that, that audience. Uh, for that, you play second place today, Hodge third, Alex Canale fourth, and Kevin first. So we're gonna get we're gonna bring Alex finally back on to say his closing uh, closing goodbyes. Alex, thank you for being a part of Rowers Choice Coaches Yelling. I'm sorry you were only part of it for like three and a half minutes, but I want to see what you have to say at the end here. 
Hey, that's fine. I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm really excited uh, that everybody used my talking points to then go ahead and win uh, the event. Um, we'll, uh, we'll definitely talk about that offline. Uh, but I did get a chance to beat somebody from Yale uh, for the first time in my career. So thanks, Mike, for not showing up. Um, hopefully I can do this again. I'll bring the fire a little earlier. Uh, but it was great getting to know everybody. Alex, you, you, did a, you did a good job. And yes, to your point, everybody did use what you had to say. And it was a hell of a show. Great job. Uh, Hodge, I, I, you, you killed it, man, today. You did such a great job. I, I believe in everything that you had to say today. Um, did you enjoy the episode and, I, and, and, and give us your closing arguments or your closing topics? Yeah, no, it was uh, great. Appreciate you guys having me. Uh, I was a little disappointed at the end there. You know, I really wanted to get the win, but, you know, it's okay. I think Kevin had some really good points there at the end. I honestly wish I didn't go first on that last question. So I could think about it just a little longer, but, uh, but it's all right. That's how the, uh, the, the dice fell, and, you know, I hope to be back. Well, I appreciate how, how competitive we all are. Like, it's just an episode that we made up, and uh, you guys really want to win it. So that makes me feel really good. Brian, uh, I, you know, I was, I was texting my producer, the guy in my ear, CJ. Man, who just won that? Uh, and and, and eh, it was a tight one. You did a great job today. I loved having you on. Please, close it out. You know, I, I always like to look for, like, the, the photo finish in terms of, like, you know, close results like that. But a lot of respect to Kevin in terms of, like, winning it out and, and Hodge and, and also Alex. And I appreciate you guys having me on. It was, it was a lot of fun. Hopefully I'll be back. I hope so, too. Last but not least, look, you got an extra point for just being a GW. Dude, go Colonials. Uh, Kevin, great job. Would to close it out. You were Mr. Consistent and Mr. Patient today. And I think that really was what won this event, uh, this, this episode. How are you feeling today on this, uh, on this show? I feel good. It's just like, you know, great, great competition breeds uh, great competitors. So, you know, you don't, you don't get to win if you don't get to compete against the best. So it's good to, good to hang out with you guys. I really appreciate that. Oh man, that made me feel great. And I hope you come on another show later in the future. Yeah, love to. Uh, well, that's it for us here at Rower's Choice and other coaches yelling, episode 17. And, guys, that's 16 more than I ever thought that we'd be doing. <laughs> Next week we have, we have more coming. I'm really excited about the future. And, listen, if you got to this point in the episode, listen to what these guys have to say. They have a lot of knowledge and experience in our sport. You need – and even young experience. You need to listen to people and take what they have to say and apply it to your everyday life. Thanks for watching. season it's fun to thanks for adjusting to my schedule i know i was the i was the hold up here it was perfect but then, you, but then Gennaro screwed everything up anyway so <laughs> <laughs>